A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Classic Nitro Review. This week, if you're watching on the Patreon, we're doing what Tony Giovanni and Larry Zabisco do and bring the first hour from ringside. <laughs> we're in the silly room, as Jack Atkins calls it. Some call it the new studio. In-house, yeah. we call it the juggling room. Yeah, it's the juggling room. It's the juggling Le room. Le jonglier suite. Yeah, and I don't know whether people know the, the origin of why it's called the juggling room. No. You want to tell them? You want to fill them in? Yeah, because I did a Twitch stream in here where I decided I wouldn't stop streaming until I taught myself how to juggle. Did you learn how to juggle? No, but I streamed for four hours. <laughs> where are your balls? You should be juggling right now. I just, uh, they, <laughs> they fell off <laughs> in a stream. But here you go, nice little bit of cultaholic factoid. Yeah. This room known within our work chat as the juggling room. Mm. Do with that information what you will. Uh, but we're not here to talk about juggling. We're here to uh, juggle the Monday Night War that is 1996 on the WCW side of things with resident WCW kid Sam Driver. It was free and available, and I enjoyed watching it as a child. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> uh, what we catch Sam Driver today between... Two oh, trips to the dentist. Yeah, I had to. I went to the dentist yesterday because uh, I've got a cracked tooth. And then I got like an x ray done yesterday. And it was like, you need to come back tomorrow. We're going to have to do some stuff to your teeth. And I was like, cool. And then uh, it was like, oh, we need you to come back in for another x ray just real quick this morning just to, just to get a clearer image of it. And then before that, I was up super early for a haircut. So I've been up since like half five. It's I'm doing Tom time today. Tom time. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Wouldn't uh, wish it upon anybody. <laughs> but we're glad that we caught you between your, your well, teeth being looked at and your I, teeth being. Yeah, I figured we should jump in at wherever we could at whatever time we could beforehand because afterwards I might just be like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think with like a completely either. melted mouth. So you won't be in a good mood to talk after. the Probably dentist. not. I hope they give me some form of 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 injection because I mean I can't be doing people poking around my mouth. Without we, we're being able to without a license, that I'd be minging. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, wish you luck with it. Let's let's take your mind off the pain uh, with with something that that can potentially be uh, dulling and sleep inducing, which is yeah. nitro. Not better this than, week. Better though. than Xanax. In some cases, it's better <laughs> than Xanax. Other cases, it's better than Gaviscon. Uh, but this week, uh, fun episode of Nitro, which we're going to get into for July the first, nineteen ninety six. Uh, back in the year where the number one UK movie was still The Rock. Not the wrestler. Uh, the number one US movie was The Nutty Professor. Way. Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy starring in a 1963 remake of the movie with the same name, which was indeed a parody of the Jekyll and Hyde novella from 1886. Uh, your thought, your memories of The Nutty Professor? I remember it was everywhere, but it kind of felt like it was it was very much the start of the decline of Eddie Murphy to a degree. Oh, because it was like it was it was like looking back on it anyway, because like the 
He was sort of really prominent, really everywhere. This is obviously a massive, massive film globally. Like, mm-hmm. I remember it being everywhere and everybody talking about it nonstop and the sequel. But it just, I don't know. It, it felt like this was sort of Eddie Murphy jumping into the big mainstream. Um, and then obviously, you know, he'd go on to play roles like we all love, like Donkey from Shrek. Uh, but it, it feels like sort of once Eddie Murphy gets to that level, it sort of pushes along and then just sort of dwindles to nothing after a little while, mm. which is, yeah. I like the bit where he dresses as a fat woman and does a fart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the film, basically. <laughs> uh, no change in the charts. UK number one, Fuji's. Uh, US number one, Bone Thugs and Harmony with the Crossroads. Crossroads. This week in the real world news, July the 5th, Dolly the Sheep, the first mammal oh, to be God. successfully cloned from an adult cell, is born at the Roslyn Institute in Midlothian, Scotland. And, and it's been a point of contention ever since. Mm. What do you think about cloning? Well, I mean, if I get more work done, I'm very up for it. Yeah, but like, does your clone have your memories? Does your clone have a does soul? Does the clone think that it's the original me? Yeah, we're going to get a lot of confused Spider-Man Ooh. moments. Is the clone going to come home to your house and, and, and you walk in and be like, wait, what? Oh, I never thought of that. There's Which episode, one's the real me? It's an episode of Black Mirror where they have like the smart speaker. Yeah. And it's the smart speaker is a clone of a woman. Mm. who runs the the wife and it's she's in there but she doesn't know she's a clone and she thinks she's just the woman's like, yeah. been shrunk down like what's happened to me oh that's a that's a it's like, it's all, I, I i thought we would have cloned a human by now and i imagine in some deep dark lab somewhere it's maybe being attempted but mm. i i don't know i, I kind of makes puts me on edge a bit it was also this still make you feel better because this is this is some Sega Saturn flavored news oh. from the same day that Dolly the sheep came Although to this life this is 96 so this is what do you reckon it would this be? This is surely the end of the Sega Saturn. <laughs> it is. <laughs> alas yeah. and alack, it ain't coming yeah. back. But uh, not I mean, in- you build it. You build a system with like four cores: one that handles the foreground, one that handles the background, one. And whenever you play a game on it, if you turn the car and the horizon moves, everything just moves sort of slightly <laughs> slower than it should, <laughs> bit by bit. Uh, it was apparently a nightmare to code for. It had incredible piracy protection. Mm. Um, but <laughs> no one could be asked to pirate it. But other than that, I mean, it, the shock launch. Uh, I mean, the the very famous instance of PlayStation going up against them and kind of shitting themselves, and then Sega came out and when it's like five hundred dollars and you can buy it right now, unannounced. There you go, it's out, <laughs> it's in shops. And then PlayStation were just like, we can do better than that, and it's two hundred ninety nine dollars Cile. Yeah, and they that just, was it. That they was just the dropped death. the price for hundred quid. Wasn't that it? was, I think, the first bullet that hit Sega. And then the Dreamcast kind of gets hurried along. And the Dreamcast, while it's an unbelievable console years ahead of its time, it just doesn't have the support. And, you know, PlayStation was it by then. And PS2 wasn't far around the corner. And Well, it gave it the old college try when Sonic Team on this day released Nights into Dreams. Which is a banging game. I've got a Japanese import of it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I love it. Yeah. I First, add the 3D pad. The it big uh, The big circle that sort of resembles what the Dreamcast pad would be. A little bit. You had the, the 3D levels where you play as Elliot and Chris, mm-hmm. and then you get your night avatar, and then you can fly, you fly around. around. You've got to go through all the loops and pick up all the gems. Mm. And yeah, it's very colorful, very trippy. It was one of Sonic Team's endeavors outside of Sonic, which which would go on to be very hit I'm and miss. I'm a big fan of Virtual On. I think Virtual On's a really good game, mm. um, but I'm more of a Dreamcast guy than a Saturn guy. I, yeah. I need to beef up my Saturn collection a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep seeing them in, in CEX now. For, I imagine, an extortionate amount of money. For an extortionate I amount really of money. I really want, I think it's Panzer Dragoon Saga, but it's like 500 quid. 
like the because it was such a like a limited release. Just silly. But it's silly. you know it, it's I mean Sega Rally. You had all the comfort of arcade in your own home then. That was it. I'm waiting for uh, to get a Sega Saturn with a decent price and a copy of Bug. Honestly, like the best thing you can do now is look for a broken one. See if they'll send you a picture of its insides before you buy it um, and see what's wrong with it. Because if it's just a power supply issue, you can swap that out for like a fiver. So if you can get a broken one for like 20, 30 quid for parts and you can just get a new power supply or something for it, just buy it and then give me a shout. Oh, nice. Okay, that's good to know. I shall keep you in mind. Uh, Clockwork night though, anybody? I mean, I'll have a go on clockwork night. I like shit. I is don't it, understand. <laughs> I, I couldn't oh, get away no. with it. That's a shame. I'm a big fan of Dynamite Cop on the Dreamcast. I Dynamite think that's Cop's good. Yeah. Dynamite Cop's good. Uh, I liked um, Godzilla Generations. Was oh, no, I played Godzilla Generations. It's it's just you just smash up a city, but in a really slow lumbering manner. <laughs> <laughs> the same piece of music playing the entire time. I liked Sonic Extreme. No, I don't because it never happened. Yeah, very, what a shame. What a great. What a great. I love reading uh, reading articles and watching videos about like, the scrapped development of Sonic Extreme for the Saturn. Yeah, it, it sort of it's meant it was so. Well, the it just felt like a fever been. dream time for Sega because it's like hey we got this new impressive oh shit what do you mean Sony's getting into the game <laughs> uh, Sony what are you doing and Nintendo are just like I think it was Nintendo that fueled Sony getting into it because when Nintendo went no we don't want to use the PlayStation stuff and the disc drives you came up with fuck off see you later <laughs> and Sony it just became a vendetta and that was it that's it. You you cross Sony and look what happened. Yeah, look what we happened. got. We got the Philips 3DO. That's what happened. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I still want a 3DO really bad. You know, but again, I'm sure I've seen them in CEX for extortionate markups. Yeah, I won't pay CEX prices because they'll say it's refurbished as well, and it's not. Mm. You'll buy it, you'll open it, and it's just dust inside, and you've paid like 30, 40 quid above what you could get it for elsewhere. Just a weird if you've got like a box. local retro game shop, support that. Like Entertainment Station in Rotherham, um, they've got an online store. They're fantastic. They always have loads of crazy old consoles in there. The Sharp SNES. I think it was a VHS SNES combi in there for a while. They had a what? Box. They had a box 2600 Atari. They had oh. like loads of stuff like it's really really good uh, they're online just entertainment station God. Rotherham check them out come um, out for them yeah for a yeah. 3DO from 3DO to 3rd man oh. three, th- from 3DO to 3 wrestlers uh, the only there's, no, there's a little bit of news about the world of WCW before we get into NetRev for this week the third man is the big talking point as we are less than a week out from Bash at the Beach 1996 what could possibly go wrong? Hey, it's going to be a fine pay-per-view Woo! and nothing bad is going to happen. I'm sure nothing will change. The wrestling world will be the same as it's always <laughs> been. And eventually it'll just sort of get to the modern age. Exactly, it'll be yeah. fine. From the Wrestling yeah. Observer, the third member of the heel team for the pay-per-view won't be announced until the night of the show. It's Mabel. Yes, it's I mean... fucking Mabel. It's up there. Speculation is running rampant about who it is. I've been told that the deal was finalised last week, says Dave Meltzer, for whomever it is. And he says, my feeling is it's Hulk Hogan because a reader was working on the set of the movie Hogan's doing with Roddy Piper and said that Hogan told Piper he was asked to be the third guy and he was probably going to do it. Hogan is shit at keeping secrets. Tele- there's, there's three what main are you going to do? Fire him. Three main ways of communication. Telephone, telegram, tell Hulk Hogan. But, because he just but, he didn't let anything... But what you hidden? Are you going to fire him? No, of course not. But 
Come on, though. You're not going like, to fire him, but there's a little bit of decorum that would be had. He's still living in, like, the Motley Crew, you know, hazy days of the 80s. Like, he, he's just going to do what he wants. So he, was a, he was playing for Metallica. It's got to be frustrating, though. It's got to be frustrating <laughs> for that to get out. <laughs> I'd be furious. Like, don't shut up about it. In the, on the classic Nitro review we did last time, it was the um, the Jimmy Hart and Brian Nobbs had approached Hulk Hogan about being the general manager of, of the XWF. Yeah. And they went, don't tell anyone because we're going to put a press release out next week. Literally, 40 seconds later, he rang Bubba the Love's buddy. Yeah, yeah so I'm joining the XWF. Like, the you X, fucker. The X stands for excitement. <laughs> <laughs> the W stands for excitement. <laughs> oh yeah, so don't tell anything with the XWF. The X doesn't stand for anything, does it? It's X Wrestling Federation, as in like it can be anything you a want. Former wrestling federation. But I, I just like the X stands for excitement. Oh, the glory days and putting X at something would make it cool. Yeah, looking at you, uh, X action man. <laughs> Professor, there's a doctor, <laughs> Professor X. Looking at you, Roman numerals ten. Yeah, Let's see what you're doing. Um, it would. I wouldn't be disappointed. It wouldn't be a disappointment to Dave Meltzer, like most mystery partners turn out to be, if it was for Hogan. Plus, it would be the best thing for Hogan's career in some ways. There is, however, a legit risk that a heel Hulk Hogan wouldn't have the same pay-per-view drawing power as the babyface version. Oh, they'll take care of that with some spray paint. <laughs> yeah, they'll be fine. And also, and and I think the the big issue here and. Well, you know, we don't want to you know, give too much away just in case you don't know. Hulk Hogan has been reticent about turning heel for quite some time. Well, he and his management team yeah, mainly are going off story. Team. So apparently it's a case of, hey, you make this much in merchandise. You make this much as a good guy. People love you. You, you know, I don't know if you did make a wish, but, you know, there's a lot of like stuff that comes with being a good guy and being oh. someone the magnitude of Hulk Hogan. You'd expect him to sort of, because it just happens sometimes, you'd have perennially good and perennially bad guys, right? So the thought of Hulk Hogan turning heel to a lot of people was one that was like, oh, it'd be interesting, but it was kind of laughable. Um, And so to actually do it is interesting, especially as WCW way back at the start of the year um, were, you know, before Hogan disappeared, were starting to get boos whenever Hogan would appear. And whenever they'd show him, people were just sort of indifferent about it. And so it's a case of, well, if people don't want to cheer him anymore, then you just keep putting him out there as the baby face and have him get cheered by, you know, over half the audience, but there's still audible boos. Or do you try something new? Exactly. And I think they're leaning towards maybe trying something new. However, we still don't know that it's Hogan. This is I certainly don't know. We certainly don't know. (laughs) One name that has suddenly entered the conversation is Davy Boy Smith. Which... The British Bulldog. Would be um, interested. Word is, according <laughs> to the Wrestling Observer, WCW has made a three-year, $400,000 per, uh, per year offer to Davy Boy Smith. He's got to be the third man. Mm. Got to be. Now, Titan are keen to keep Bulldog, which we go into great detail on the classic Raw review to the point of reenacting the meeting between Vince and Bulldog. It may or may not have happened that way. You can listen back to it. Uh, Titan countered with a downside guarantee deal of $250,000 for five years. See, this is something that you're going to see rear its ugly head quite a lot in the next few years. WWF simply cannot match these massive pay uh, chunks that WCW are offering the wrestlers. They can maybe keep you around a bit longer, yeah, but they, they, they can't just throw the money out there like they used to be able to do. They can offer longevity and intangibles such as a push, a title reign, but they can't offer you a bag of money like WCW and it's, can. It's going to be a couple of years until they have that kind of that mm. power that they can throw around financially. 
What if the third man wasn't even a wrestler? Here's another thought for this week, because Ted DiBiase has signed to World Championship Wrestling, and he's planning to come in as a television announcer in the fall, added to the Nitro lineup. Or is he the third man? Oh, he's actually the fourth man, isn't he? He will be the fourth man. Yeah, no, he's the fourth man. Mm. Yeah, but trillionaire Ted. <laughs> I like how they improved his character by making him a trillion dollar man instead. <laughs> I like what you did. Uh, also this week, there's a lot of chatter about bringing in Chris Jericho, not to be the third man. They just like him in ECW. Yeah. I think there's something with his Lionheart character. I don't know. I don't think he'll ever get over. No, I can't see it working, to be honest with you. What's he going to do? Uh, and a bit about... <laughs> <laughs> what did he do for business? Nothing. What's he going to revolutionise the industry or something? <laughs> What's he going to do, wrestle on a boat? Get back in the thrill seekers. That's what people want. <laughs> oh. Get back out there and rock America again. I'm sad thrill seekers. It's criminal we've not had a fucking thrill seekers redo yet in AEW. Because Cornette would... Fucking hate it. He'd be livid I by know. it. It's kind of why I'd want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Like, just just got get him and Lance out there, back on the go-karts and dodgems and <laughs> riding horses together. <laughs> We're going to rock America. Yeah, go on. Tony, you can have this if you want. Um, have an angle where Jericho gets a bang to the head and just keeps re- regressing to his previous gimmicks. I would One like, of them can be the thrill seekers. I would like to see Jericho with that kind of spud thing going on of like all of a sudden he's mentally 20 years yeah. old again. And it's just like, <laughs> he's just all of us like, and you know, everybody's trying to talk him down, but he's just, no, he's <laughs> going for it again. WCW making connections with New Japan once more. Uh, not only would Starcade potentially be held in Japan in December at this point, there's early conversations, uh, but there are plans for Keiji Muto, Kenzuki Sasaki, and Masa Saito to be in America over the summer, and they'll pop up on WCW TV. Which is going to be delicious. Delicioso. Give us a bit of Keiji Muto in the mid-card of World Championship Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we lucky? Yum, yum. At last, well, Muta had, a, fucking Muta had a, uh, a run in NWA and stuff ahead of time, didn't he? Like, way back. So uh, he's still going to be familiar to some of the audience, which is good. But I'm just going to wait a couple of years until he teams with Vampiro. Yeah. As the brothers who have some paint on. Oh, it works. Yeah. <laughs> it works to treat. And Look, the, Randy Savage, and Lex demon. Luger and Sting are united by face paint. Why can't they be? Oh, and that brings us beautifully into this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, July the 1st, 1996. We are less than a week away from Bash at the Beach. We're in Landover, Maryland for Monday Nitro. It's Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco relegated to the floor because Eric Bischoff has taken the top bunk once Fuck again. Fuck all that, though. <laughs> DDP's lost his ring. He has lost his ring. He, he interrupts the opening spiel, uh, declaring that his Lord of the Ring ring has been stolen! Uh, he wants the building locked down. He wants everybody strip searched so he can find his ring again. Eventually, he just sort of wanders off. Yeah, he just sort of walks around. Anytime he's passing anybody, he's trying to turn their pockets out and stuff. It's quite good. This will come out throughout the night. So yeah. uh, then with that out of the way, Zabisco and Shivani continue their opening spiel. Rumor has it that the outsiders, as they're now being called, are here at Monday Nitro. Larry Zabisco tells tells people or tells them to come to Bash the Beach on Sunday and declares, and I quote, there will be a new world order in professional wrestling on Sunday night. Larry's the third man! Possibly, but he got the name wrong. It's New World Organization, brother. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about how Hogan... The New World Organization. ...fluffed the name of his new company. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it so much. It's fucking shit's just getting thrown at him. To be honest, that's probably why I don't think Hogan's ever had people just lob fucking garbage at him like they're going to on Sunday. <laughs> it did throw him. Yeah. Like his face at the time was like, oh, have I done the wrong thing? No, no, that's good, Hogan. <laughs> that's good. That You're over happening. still. You're just that's... over as a bad guy. I don't understand. Uh, uh, yeah, I like the drop of the New World Order. So obviously they knew that this was the name they were going to go with yeah. for whatever was coming out. The 90s our way. was a conspiracy-filled time. Oh, uh, really there was a lot was. of talk of the NWO, you know, around that time. So it, it just sort of fits. It's like hand in glove. It's mm. nice. They're mm. going to come in and they're going to, you know, control the company. So then we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Apparently they're here tonight. I hope they don't do anything naughty. Uh, the world tag team titles on the line in the opening match. Harlem Heat, who won the belts from Leg and Stang yes. in a very confusing manner at the end of last week's episode of Nitro. So instead here. of Leg and Stang getting out there for a bit of a fair rematch because, you know, the match got interrupted and it all kind of fell apart, but the referee didn't ring the bell to end it. Uh, and so the, the, the Harlem Heat won the titles. Mm. Uh, we got Steiner Brothers instead. Yeah, because that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that, I mean, they were in the match together. So. <laughs> There's a chap in the crowd I spot wearing a tied baseball cap. The tide based tide based on the cleaning detergent. Oh, nice! Were they all the rage at some point? Yeah, I wonder if he thought sitting back then, one day, kids <laughs> are gonna nearly kill themselves eating these products. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was his goal all along. Maybe he was the tide rep. <laughs> Do you know what? I sometimes I watched. I saw that happening when kids were eating tide pods. I just thought. We don't fucking deserve to be the apex predator. <laughs> no, we don't. But we don't deserve. I guess this. it's 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 Darwin Award level stuff, right? It's like yeah. if you're stupid enough, then uh, you know you're the one who's going to have the headline written about you. Like you'll be the kid that died from Tide Pod. What a shit! <laughs> like, come on, awful way to die. Yeah, dreadful. You'd be awfully clean inside, though. But that's but that's why you drink chamomile tea <laughs> to be clean inside and out. <laughs> <laughs> Booker T's walking down to the ring on the phone again. It might just be that he's showing off that he's got a new phone. Flip plan. phone as well. It's a flip phone. Delicious. Rick. Yeah. Nice. I couldn't quite tell the brand of the phone. It looked like the old Ericsson ones because it had that flat mm -hmm. receiver rather than like a chunky one. I thought maybe an Ericsson, but you could tell I, I genuinely paused it to try and see what phone it was. Because <laughs> that kind of shit is what you come here for. Uh, he should really finish his calls before he starts the match. No, well. he needs people to see that he's on the phone because commentary going to be like, who's on the phone? <laughs> oh, he's on the phone. Again, he's on the phone. He's got to be talking. Last time we saw him on the phone was Sherry. <laughs> I've said that like two, three weeks in a row now. Yeah, so. no Sherry. <laughs> she was sacked about a month ago. <laughs> Stop mentioning her name. I like to think he's on the phone to his insurance providers. So you're telling me that there is a downside? <laughs> Or, as we discovered recently, how he has a penchant for getting his dinner sorted during the show. He's probably ordering pizza. Yeah, he that was, makes he, sense. He was caught on NXT ordering DoorDash about two weeks ago. And then eating, uh, was it TGI Fridays? I think he ordered. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Like, the guy must have been fucking knackered and hungry. Oh, yeah. And I don't, don't get me wrong. We've sat during watch-alongs and eaten pizza. Oh, and yeah. And, and like... Making the all mic. the noises. Yeah. So no, no, you know, no disrespect to Booker T at all. And I, so I, I think based on that knowledge, he wasn't on the phone to Sherry or his insurance providers. He was calling Domino's. He was calling Jim Doggeroni Pizza. He was calling Jim Doggeroni. Jim, get that oven fired up. <laughs> Jim was there tonight. So it'll be eight minutes, and I'll be back. I'm expecting a hot and fresh pepperoni. <laughs> Get this done. Back we come. <laughs> he has a stitch after eating it. The camera uh, used to pan down to the ramp with the wrestlers has a horribly staticky microphone. Yeah, I think that's because they were already talking. 
So I think because commentary were like, blah, 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 who are they on the phone to? Look, it's Harlem Heat, they're on the phone. Oh, Harlem Heat are on the phone. Sherry, Sherry, phone. Uh, whenever they were trying to talk, it was getting blown out. So yeah. I think it might have just been a limiter problem. I figured you'd know. Because like the, the, I'm sure the entrance ramp usually covers that side of the ring. And when they're in the ring, it's a lot clearer. Right. But I think it's just because the, the overall audio ceiling had been hit. But it's got to sit still underneath the commentary. So it'll have just gone like... <laughs> and clipped to shit. It's just blown it to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> they did struggle with it. Uh, Sounds like a YouTube video circa 2005. Oh, yeah. the, the, the glory days of YouTube. Yeah. The Wild West days you can days do YouTube. whatever you wanted. <laughs> I'm just going to upload the entirety of Stuart Little. Is that all that right? That was my first, yeah. ever, my first ever thing with YouTube was I got a cease and desist letter from the Pokemon company. Oh, wow. That was my first ever thing I did on YouTube was upload all of Indigo League. And I did all right views as well. Yeah. I did all right views. Did you make any money from it? Did I fuck Tom? It was 2005. Oh, like it was, it was just there's, there's, there's all of Pokemon season one. You there's just... all of Pokemon season two, and then it was like, how dare they take down my videos? <laughs> and then the cease and desist email came through from like YouTube and the Pokemon Corporation, <laughs> and it was like, okay, yeah, I'll, uh, that's fine. I'll just delete the account. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way you take ownership for it. Like, no, these are my. I, I uploaded. Yeah, these. I fucking uploaded this shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're not your shows, though. We made them. <laughs> I didn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the talking point on commentary, of course, is the identity of the third Mern. Uh, Larry is trying reverse psychology because the, at the moment, WCW have announced their three. Leg, Stang, Mac. Like idiots. Like idiots. Like, here's <laughs> our three. Look, it's Luger. He doesn't care about wrestling, but we've got Sting and Macho, man. <laughs> Can Luger and Sting work together? We don't fucking know because we've been booking them against each other and together and against each other and together for a full year. Basically, WCW is that guy that goes on holiday for three weeks and tells their neighbours the key is in the secret place under the pot in the front of the garden. In front of everybody on the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they've done here. <laughs> but they've only announced, but, but uh, the outsiders have only announced themselves and not their partner. And WCW are shitting themselves about this, which I really enjoyed. It's been nice. Yeah, it's been nice watching them kind of get more and more progressively worried as the outsiders turn up and there's just two of them. And Heenan's been getting angry on commentary. Heenan just looks knackered. He yeah. just looks exhausted, like he'd been up all night worrying. He's been an MVP of this, and mm. he's really good. However, Larry's a bisco. He's gone for a new tactic. He's trying reverse psychology this week, and the others join him on it because he's there going, well, you're not telling us who your third is because you're scared. Yeah, you yeah. big fucking chicken. Fuck it, Mabel. You're going to bring <laughs> Mabel over. You're Mabel. Not, you're not telling us it's Mabel because you're fucking scared that we'll laugh at you. That's <laughs> what it is. You know, it's only one step away from only idiots don't tell us the third person. I can't fucking wait. I can't <laughs> wait. The fact that the next thing we're going to do is the bash at the beach 96 yeah, watching boy. is like... That is, oh, man. <laughs> Such a moment. It's good, isn't it? It's yeah. Uh, Larry Zabisco uh, would later try uh, off-air other tactics, including say to, hey, Kevin Nash, what's your porn star name? It's the street you grew up on. It's the, your mother's maiden name and the name of the third man for your team. Hey. Oh, well, it's Johnson, Williams, and ah, <laughs> you nearly got me, Larry. Uh, anyway, big power moves from Steiner and Booker T in the early going. Back from break, uh, the four horsemen chilling in the VIP section. They've got pastries and fruit. Yeah, they're just sitting there watching the match. Mm, having a lovely time. Uh, they'll be in action later on in an eight-man tag. Rare to see all horsemen in the same match. Mm. We're getting that later. Uh, in the ring, Stevie was giving Rick a bit of a beating until uh, Rick Steiner lands a heavy German suplex. Fucking... 
Just delicious. Dead weight, Just him. delicious. Who's this ringside with his own Ericsson phone? No. Who's nah, 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 who's nah, nah. He's talking to his wallet. It's not even a phone. <laughs> was it? It's his wallet. wallet. They, I'm sure it was his wallet because they were saying he's got a, his wallet. And it looked like he was, was just not paying attention. Like looking in his wallet as if he would, you know, with like, I'm really rich. Uh, I've got loads of money, the type of stuff the Colonel you're kind of used to. But it definitely looked like he was on his wallet. Oh. And he was just sort of talking to the wallet like this. So I, I'm going to pretend it wasn't a phone and it definitely was a wallet. What? It, this is 1996. He could have very well got it out of a catalogue, which is both a phone and a wallet. Keep that your is money true. And your phone in the same you know, place. The golden age Mail of order. teleshopping. Yeah. Oh. Send us a check for twenty nine ninety nine yeah. to this address. We'll send you it. We it's promise. both a radio, an alarm clock, and a torch. <laughs> but it needs to be plugged into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Comes with a one meter cable. But anyway, Colonel Rob Parker is stretching beyond his one meter cable at ringside. Uh, and he seems to be in the corner of Harlem Heat here. Mm. Uh, Booker T, back in the ring, goes for a victory roll. Instead, fucking eats a bow. A slam. Eat shit, mate. Uh, Booker retaliates with a Harlem sidekick as Colonel Rob Parker uh, continues the nah, nah, ringside for them. Uh, tagged to Stevie Ray. Booker T has fucking worked his ass off in this match. Yep. Stevie Ray gets tagged in. He's in the ring for 23 seconds before he tags back out. <laughs> Good effort, Stevie. Book is back in, fucking hackered. Um, power slams and clotheslines all round. Big schmoz near the end of the match. Scott lands a Frankensteiner on Booker. Which looked like death. It looked like death. I, well, I went back kind of frame by frame on it, and it was like, oh no, he lands completely safely. It just looked like death. Like the speed of the snap just made it look like he went straight and got spiked on his head. It was horrible. Like it was just, <laughs> what? I like how at this era, and we've noticed this week to week, Scott Steiner's Frankensteiner, it feels like a pile driver variant yeah. more than a it, cruiserweight move. Yeah, and well, it's it's the Frankensteiner. He invented it, right? Mm. No, he's not the Horikarana. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but it, it's sort of the just the the aggression of it it's that snap it's mm. just nobody can do it like him he pins but the ref doesn't count the three because apparently he's not the legal man but don't worry here's rick steiner with a bulldog off the top rope he covers the ref doesn't just stands count. there looking at the corner for a second and then it up gets stevie ray yeah and then here comes rob parker he clocks rick steiner with his cane and booker t picks up the win yeah like parker then grabs the titles and celebrates with booker t uh, retaining the titles. Would, I presume Parker is the guy on the phone? He's got to be. Is that what we're t is that what they're saying? He was here? talking to his wallet. He was talking to his wallet, yeah. he? He was, yeah. on the, he was on the wallet phone to book it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, they, uh, they've, they've, been, they've befriended each other before, haven't they? Or is this the first time Rob Parker's well, he tagged with the was Harlem Was it not Heat? more contentious? Because um, Harlem Heat were managed by Sherry. Yes. Uh, Sherry was just kind of doing well as their manager. They were doing well as a team. They were starting to gel really nicely. They were getting over with the audience. And then as they were having more and more featured spots on cards, it felt like Colonel pops up, starts like mystifying Sherry. Sherry falls in love with the Colonel. We got the whole wedding thing. And then it's not like Harlem Heat aren't featured prominently still, but it, it feels like they they've got a bit rudderless without Sherry there as manager. And only now is their fortune starting to change and then the colonels just pop back up. Yeah, now they are. They're doing quite yeah. well, these boys. I'll take them under my wing again. <laughs> and was the ref in on it? I feel like maybe... I thought the well, reveal... He's going to fucking have to be now considering he stands there and goes, just... oh, a pin. Yeah, <laughs> I just assume that we'll find out that Nick Patrick's in on it. <laughs> That's exactly what Nick Patrick did. As you can see on the Patreon. 
Oh, Stevie. Oh, yeah. Oh, distract me. Distract me. <laughs> Fucking How's horrible. the wife and kids? <laughs> <laughs> mean Gene is in the Four Horsemen's VIP section and says, how are the wife and kids? Um, we're getting an eight-man tag later. The Horsemen are taking on Joe Gomez, Renegade, and the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Deborah says her husband, uh, Mongo, is the best athlete, but she's a bit high maintenance. Yeah, she also uh, says that, and this is wild to look back at, she's like, um, you know, he's a pro footballer and everything, got a Super Bowl ring, uh, but, you know, it was time to come somewhere where he could make some real money. And I scoffed at that initially, like, fucking real money compared to the NFL. (laughs) You go back and look at NFL contracts from the time Mongo was playing, it's like 75 to 100 grand a year. Oh, and he's like, fucking hell, you will make bank in WCW compared <laughs> to that, surely. But it makes WCW look like the place quite literally where the big boys yeah. play. Uh, Elizabeth says, they've got plenty of money, Deborah, don't worry. And then woman says, oh, Debs, oh, oh, Elizabeth, you better tap that money again because we need a new driver. So she's still draining the bank account of Randy Savage. I'd have, if I was Savage, I'd have changed bank accounts by now. Yeah, I'd have I set just... up a little parachute account. Or just hired a hitman or something. Or just <laughs> fucking killed her. <laughs> just get rid of Flair. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come down one day with a shotgun. Flair's the, one, Flair's the one that poisons everybody. If you just took Flair mm. out, the rest of the horsemen would disband. He's the yeah. He's the poison in the lake. Yeah. Arn Anderson uh, speaks now. He says he warned us heads will roll when the horsemen get back together. And tonight there will be a visual aid for those who don't know. And Chris Benoit says, hello, I'm Chris Benoit. I am silent but deadly. The Crippler. And then Arn pats him on the shoulder like, well done. Well, you are, gives, aren't you? Who's a little... The camera cuts oh, away. Who's an aggressive him, technical wrestler? The camera cuts away, but gives him a little sticker on his shirt. <laughs> well done. Good promo badge. And then Flair just chats bollocks, woos a bit. Uh, and then Gene goes, stay tuned, folks. More coming up. <laughs> um, and then Mongo, <laughs> Mongo also adds at some point, money makes the monkey dance. Yeah. And then Flair starts dancing on the table. <laughs> When he hears that Randy Savage is here. Uh, you, a particular uh, batshit crazy horseman promo. There's no wonder Werner Herzog fucking loved pro wrestling. <laughs> like, there's a story he tunes in and he just sees, I think it's Flair, late night in a hotel room and he was just transfixed by pro wrestling because it was like just so ridiculous. Is it just bollocks, so it's like it? a base level form of entertainment in the way that the stories are very simple, but you can't help but get caught up in it. You can't help but get riled up by Flair just standing there being like, I've got better women, more money, and a better life, a bigger car. Like, fuck you, you bunch of bums. (laughs) (laughs) And and then he goes out there and he wins. And it's just like... (laughs) (laughs) It is good. I'm sad that Werner Herzog will never be on Desert Island Graps because I think we'd have a great conversation. I just need to hear his voice in person Uh, more than anything. He's got a very, a very aggressive, very He's got a very, voice. yeah, it's just a magical quality to it. Tell you what's magical. Uh, the the debut of Glacier, which is still nearly here. Uh, our Lord world's about to cold. change. I've been to a, uh, a, a toy fair. I'm coming. <laughs> just say that. I went to a toy fair. I've seen at the 1996 World Toy Fair. He was, Buy it, Mattel. <laughs> the the appearances he's made at, uh, I believe, a toy fair and or a TV convention were met with some concern because the outfit doesn't look that good in real life, apparently. Yeah, and it's it sort of... Well, a lot of what you see in the, the teaser is entrance gear, isn't it? It's sort mm. of like you're seeing the big shoulder pads, you're seeing all this other stuff, and, and elements of that will be part of the actual in-ring gear. Yeah. But it feels like... I'm, I don't know if they did it, but it feels like WCW should have tried to push it as hard as they could 
and gone for like more ridiculous figures around this time. Like mm. somebody like Glacier, if you could have him shooting balls of ice at people or something as a toy, oh, uh, and you gave him a like a sweet ass motorbike, and then you did a whole series of here's Hogan on his motorbike, and he's got like you know flamethrower or like it's the type of thing I just thought they would have jumped whole hog into they would have run with it because wwe's done it to great success they still do it now you can buy a play set right now this drew versus roman and i think it comes with a motorbike with detachable parts they can beat each other <laughs> with and it, they, they have like the zombies collection they've they just sort of do all these out there figures that i think appeal more to kids so do you, do you remember the slam city uh figures oh it was based on a cartoon no, I don't think I do. Uh, where they all, where basically, if you wanted to find out more, uh, a history of WWE cartoons on the YouTube channel Meh. today. I did a little deep dive into WWE cartoons. There's a cartoon series called Slam City, where the, all the WWF wrestlers are cast out uh, out of the wrestling world. They're all fired, and they have to go get proper jobs. <laughs> so, like John Cena works at a garage. Mark Henry works at a pizzeria. Sadly, not Jim Duggaroni's. Uh, Randy Orton is a zookeeper. CM Punk's an ice cream man. <laughs> the only reason Orton's a zookeeper is because he can hit some sweet RKOs and ride them all the way down with a giraffe. Basically, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what it is. I'd love imagine Mark in a giraffe. <laughs> There's a thought. That's a nice thought, that. But they released figures to go with it. And, and they all had, like, wacky cars and stuff. And, and CM Punk had, like, an ice cream truck that shot like cubes of ice, breakable cubes of ice. Yeah. And I attest that had they given him that during his WWE run, he'd have stuck around, he'd got his Mania main event, and all that nonsense all in wouldn't have happened. All I remember was we had the Jack specific figures, and then it got up to the point where you started getting all the collectible cool rings where it was like you can, you know, take all the corner posts out, it, like the apron lifts up and it can all go inside and you can collect, you can have like 10 figures and it's got all the space for all this stuff. And then after that, I my brother got... As the sets got grander and we got like the Elimination Chamber set and everything, um, it, it just got to, let's make weird shit. Let's make ones that sweat. Oh, maximum sweat. And also they're not really poseable because they've got wire. So you can pose them once or twice, but after that, the wire's fucked. So their arms are going to be how they are. So enjoy. <laughs> they just, they're just wet. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. But they know, yeah, they never took true advantage of, of leaning into the silly. Yeah. Did dub C dub. And they should have done with Glacier. They certainly could have done with Disco Inferno, who is out next. He says, the crowd really want to hear my music again. They don't, but they play it anyway. It's cut off by the music of Kurosawa, not the filmmaker, but the wrestler. He is one of WCW's most dangerous international superstars. It's Manabu Nakanishi. Mm. He goes on to be a fucking legend in the world of Japanese wrestling. He absolutely is, but it's uh, but he batties. He's just here fighting Disco Inferno, yeah, just for fun. Batters the fuck out absolutely of him. It's lovely. Fucking clatters him. Yeah. Disco gets very frustrated at one point and gets out of the ring, kicks the steel steps, and hurts his foot, which I thought was a very yeah, funny I like spot. that. Made me chuckle. Uh, Kurosawa continues the beating, but before he can put the finishing touch, Disco Inferno's music hits again. Disco fever. And another Disco Inferno walks down to the ring. Looking a bit more like the Repo Man than Disco Inferno. Mm, but He is indeed. Was I right in thinking this is Barry Darso? I have no idea. Ah, I it, I, I, we don't know definitely who it is, but I guess we'll find out next week. The Disco Ball comes down because the music's playing and that's what happens. And Disco uses the Disco Ball as a weapon which I believe hits with all the impact of a beach ball. It just, it just goes thunk. <laughs> it would have been like, you know, it would have been cool if it could have shattered, but obviously, mm. you know, it would have to be a whole rigged thing and you know that it would have fallen apart on the ceiling before it even made it down <laughs> to the ring. Just fall into the just ground. Just be halfway through the match and then just thunk. 
Uh, it is super effective in shutting down Kurosawa, who then gets pinned by Disco Inferno as the other Disco Inferno dances up the ramp. <laughs> so the 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 the, the, the clown Disco Inferno story arc begins here. Yeah, and probably end next week. <laughs> and then we'll eventually get to Alex Wright and Disco Inferno, which is going to be just all kinds of weird. It's going to be a great time had by all. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Riggs is out, uh, representing the American Miles. He is searching, uh, sorry, he, he is in action tonight against Diamond Dallas Page. No, who's looking for his ring. As Have he... you seen his ring? <laughs> have a good look for it. He really just needs you to find his ring. Really needs you to bend just, down just and take a, a look for his ring. have a good old look for that ring. <laughs> just a big old glance. <laughs> Page is searching the tech guys at uh, what is whatever WCW's gorilla position is called. Yeah, he's just, uh, well, he, as he emerges through the curtain, he's just dragging a guy, just <laughs> pulling his pockets, and then he steps off the ramp, sees like two camera guys, sees a load of like production assistants. He's making them turn out their pockets. It's uh, it's good. He's uh, tapping up at least two of the security guards on the way down as well. He still can't find his Lord of the Ring ring. We then get a picture in picture with Jim Duggaroni Pizza. <laughs> He's like, I don't need no ring. I've got my wooden board for shoving pizzas in the oven. And who wants to wear girly jewelry? <laughs> uh. Essentially, this promo is: I haven't got your ring. I'm American. I've got this. Woo! Rings are rubbish. But yeah, I haven't got your ring. <laughs> <laughs> that was the promo. <laughs> Cheers, Jim. <laughs> Good lad. Paige is really upset about this. Yes, uh, I want my ring. <laughs> and she's like <laughs> laying rigs out. <laughs> Where is I? <laughs> it's it's essentially it, it, imagine Gollum and in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I was about to say, we should really all be clearing out because he did call it the Lord of the Rings ring at the start. He didn't call yeah, it the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you better like, be very careful. Get on the boats across the ocean. You need to get going. You need to just leave Middle Earth. We all need to leave Middle Earth. Things are going to get really bad. <laughs> Early, was that in the same promo where he, he said, where's my Lord of the Rings ring? And then Larry goes, oh, that's rubbish having a ring. And he went, Frodo Baggins, <laughs> do you mistake me for a conjurer of cheap tricks? Hold on, Larry. Uh, Paige wears rigs down with several rope-assisted abdominal stretches. The ref kicks Paige's arm away because I like the long-running story that everyone fucking hates Paige. <laughs> it's you great, the isn't it? are like, oh, yeah. fuck this dickhead. Like, I'm not fucking doing this. I'm not counting. I love, I love how he becomes like one of the more popular guys in like the latter times of WCW. Yeah. But at this point, he just this scumbag that no one wants but to be it's, around. It's, I, it's, I just love it. I think it works really well. And with no self-awareness either yeah. of just how detested he is by everyone. Uh, sunset flip, zero effective. Page hits a gorgeous pump handle, backbreaker. Goes for a second one, but gets a roll-up for a near fall. Riggs lands a lovely springboard crossbody and a lovely running, leaping headbutt, apparently. I thought it was a forearm, but Bishop told me, or Tony told me it was a headbutt, so I know I'm believing. Uh, Riggs goes for the power slam, but DDP turns it, boom, into the diamond cutter, which is getting a better reaction every week. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye on it. One, two, three. DDP wins. Riggs didn't look terrible. He gets bossed around a lot in the early going of the match, but when he gets a second wind, I think he sends... Dallas to the outside, even hits a dive onto him. And it's sort of like, yeah, you, you know, he, he, the commentary did well at selling the fact, that, you know, he's, he's used to being a tag team competitor. Maybe he's just a little bit, uh, a little bit rusty when it comes to one-on-one, -on -one, but, you know, he's done well. And he didn't look like a fool. He, he just sort of, it was just a nice... I like touches yeah. like that where they go, he's a tag wrestler normally, so he's not used to yeah. being a single... It's, it's true, and I like that you've got that distinction. 
Yeah. Always like that distinction. Mean Gene caught up with Diamond Dallas Page on the ramp. Page called out the WWE locker room for being jealous of him. <laughs> he didn't care about Duggaroni pizza right now. He wants to find his ring. He attempted to search Mean Gene. And Gene's yeah. like, I've not got anything on me. Leave me alone. Get off me. I was hoping like, he'd reach out me. and either pull out like a wad of 50s or a condom from Gene's pocket. Just a banana with a condom wrapped around it. <laughs> Gene. <laughs> Gene? Really crusty tissue. Why would you have this in your pocket, Gene? Well, a uh, man's going to have his lunch. This is where I live, remember? <laughs> I've got these handy banana protectors. <laughs> they stop the banana from getting dirty. <laughs> every time every time Loch Ness touches my bananas, they get dirty, so I've got these <laughs> banana protectors. <laughs> Keep them safe. Uh, cheers, scumbag page. You've made us smile this week. Uh, Greg fucking Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> what Coming you? out to a fucking... What are you doing here? Go on. What are you doing here? Coming out to a fucking banger of a track as well. <laughs> now, I've heard it before. It's like the first WCW theme I've ever heard that has double drum kicks in it. I don't think... I think that's an overdub. I think it's an overdub. Because ah. I've definitely heard it somewhere before. I think it's an overdub, and I think they use it on ECW. It's Luther Reigns' thing. <laughs> <laughs> do, they give it to, do they give it to Sandman early on? I have no idea. They def I've definitely heard it. Watch this episode of Nitro and tell me where you've heard that before. It's but it is a banger of a theme. Mm. Uh, but here's Greg Valentine. Who I, 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 love, I love that he's back. <laughs> Why not? Well, to be fair, he has a pretty good show in here. He does have a great yeah. show. And he's in there with Randy Savage. And it's surprisingly even. And Savage is still united by face paint, by the way. Oh, yes. He might be on his own, but he's got his sting mask on. That's, that's, his problem is, Savage knowing Savage, he probably did his with like permanent paint. He just did it. it off no, now, it, was, it, it was paint, but he used Slim Jims instead of brushes. <laughs> that's why it looks a little bit kind of ski-whiff. So the meat is soaked into he his He chews skin. the end off, so it's at least flat. You know, you, you're not getting anywhere with the round edge. You just leave big sort of bubbly bits of paint. <laughs> when he has a lot to paint, does he like bite a fresh bit off? Like, yeah, sometimes he's been known to, if he's got extra time, he'll, he'll kind of strip it like you would a cheese string a little bit. <laughs> and then he'll just slap it in the paint and just <laughs> works like a brush. And then afterwards, you just quick rinse. There you go, you can still eat it. You can, do your, you can paint your living room and have an instant snack. Some say the lead in the paint fuels the macho madness. <laughs> oh, good. So it turns out that it's, it's, a, it's a chemical issue. Maybe. It's macho madness. <laughs> no, you've got a real mental health problem there, mate. You should probably get that looked at. You've got lead poisoning. Right? <laughs> That's a macho it's madness. It's a macho madness. It's lead poisoning. <laughs> I knew there was a connection. I'm afraid you've got the match of madness, sir. <laughs> I've been drinking paint again, brother. <laughs> I thought That's... you stopped drinking paint. I started eating the paint chips off the walls. <laughs> That's why he didn't get diagnosed with OCD. Because they, they, he, he, this was a thing they did the other week where he went, I had a WCW gave me a meeting with a psychiatrist. They said I was OCD. One, One cool dude. dude. <laughs> if Salvi was alive today, can you imagine somebody spouting that line today? It'd just be like, how dare. I can imagine oh. Savage spouting it. I can imagine <laughs> Savage during lockdown wrestling a match saying, Yeah, I got here today. I've been diagnosed with the cool vid. <laughs> cool vid 19. Cool vid 19. <laughs> the cool owner virus. Um, Valent so Savage throws Hammer out of the ring, classes him on the barricade. Then Valentine does exactly the same. Uh, Hammer even drops an elbow on the outside for good measure. Valentine's offense stops, though. 
when Macho's lead poisoning kicks in. He snaps and unfolds with right hands and a snapmare. However, Valentine counters a double axe handle with a shot to the bread basket. The countdown is suddenly on for Nitro Hour 2. I, I wonder when this match is going to end. Oh. Oh. Savage is going up top as we've got 10 seconds left on the clock. He right. lands an elbow and gets the three as the clock strikes zero. Which was yeah. a nice way to do it without it being awkward. The only way, other way I would have done it, and it would involve a bit better timing, I'd have had it so as soon as my elbow dropped, the fireworks yeah. went off. Oh, that would have been, yeah, Three, perfect. two, one. I, so after this, we go straight back to the, the second commentary team. But what I like here is one of the first things the second commentary team does is Savage is like leaving the ring, fireworks are still going off. For anybody jumping on now to watch now for the second hour, they've just missed Randy Savage. Mm. So it's like, and it's just like, oh, Randy Savage, great victory there for Randy Savage. And it's like, you've missed it. Yeah. You got to stop doing both. You got to, you got to tune in. Excellent. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy how they are playing with the concept of having this new hour and treating it as like a fresh yeah. reset hour. I really like how they do that. And like you say, it's like you're punished for daring to look elsewhere. For well, at least this week, sometimes it's just like, oh, Alex right there leaving the ring. <laughs> so, oh, okay, <laughs> sweet. Not, sometimes yeah, they're mid-match, aren't they? Yeah. And, or, or, or the wrestlers will do their entrances and they will be ready to go at the start. Yeah. Interestingly, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, in a similar move to this, only the other week on SmackDown, WWE trialed something somewhat similar where they stream, live stream the entrances for the opening triple threat match on Twitter. But when the show started, the competitors were already in the ring. Wait, what? So on SmackDown this week... Oh, I thought you were talking about like 90s SmackDown. No, like, no, 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 Tom, no. Tom, there was no Sorry. Twitter in the 90s. <laughs> of course there was. <laughs> Has everyone complained about Bruno San Martino's long title reign? They just did it to themselves, <laughs> and it was a much happier world. And that's world. what really hurts. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
over we go to Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan. Eric off the top says thank you for all the overwhelming support after his horrific beating a few weeks ago. The crowd in sympathy chant weasel. Uh, <laughs> As Heenan's just looking broken, like <laughs> stressed and worried. He sends a message to the outsiders saying they beat up a, a, a ring announcer. They beat up a commentator. You're not big or clever. Basically. So there. They're not getting any pudding for t- after their as, dinner. As he's surrounded by like 40 million cops with their guns. Yeah, just he's, like- suddenly, <laughs> he's suddenly fucking brave, isn't he? <laughs> big, Billy Big Bollocks Bischoff. Uh, he says they don't scare anybody and they can't wait to see him on Sunday at Bash at the Beach. But then here comes Kevin Nash and Scott Hall through get, the crowd. Get, get, get him out of here. Yeah. Just get him out of here. <laughs> But they've got drinks, they've got popcorn, and as senior security Doug Dillinger realises, they've got tickets. Well, it's a free country. That's literally the switch. He just goes like, it's a free country. (laughs) Get them out of here! They tried to kill our announcer! Oh, Oh, they've got tickets. That's Ah, that's $300 in the pot. Fine. Yeah, stay. (laughs) Just make sure there's 20 police staring at them at ringside for the rest of the night. Communism. That man's a murderer. He wants to buy something. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hope, I thought Dillinger would rip up the tickets and go, nah, just get, get the, the fuck, fuck out. Yeah, Get to well, fuck. It's like you're just sort of going, well, okay, what do they do every time they turn up? They interfere. They attack our talent. Let's make them sit front row. That's fine. Yeah, they can do that. They're allowed. That's okay. They've paid. They At were. least they paid. They're learning their lesson, bless them. <laughs> every time they've run in, they've been told, look, you can't come in unless you've bought a ticket. It's not actually Hall and Ash. It's just lookalikes that are actual wrestling Glenn fans. They, just, and Rick they rocked up back door, just walked all the way through, and it was like, okay. <laughs> just trying to find the seats. <laughs> Jacobs and Bogner were the real Diesel and, and Razor. If you go back and look, if you go back, there's a lot of clever you know, camera trickery. But if you go back and look, they were always Diesel and they Razor. They used these weird mirrors that made it look like... They were different people. And then when they changed the cameras, they you saw the real versions of themselves. Yeah. Weird how it was only them that were affected by it, but it's true. Um, they've got popcorn. They've got drinks. They've got tickets. <laughs> and like, we're here to see the big boys. <laughs> it's great. And they got three seats. Yeah. And they sat one either side of an empty seat. A bit like when you go, when you're third wheeling on a date and then your partner goes to get drinks and you just have to make awkward conversations. Yeah. But all the way through the night. Uh, so there's a spare seat between them, which which puts the shit of everybody going, oh, is, now we're going to find out who the third man is. They wouldn't have bought a third ticket if not. Mm. Anyway, Hall and Nash are chatting away at ringside as we get our first match proper of the second hour. And it's the WCW World title on the line with the Giant defending against your boy, John Tenta. Big Johnny T. Big Johnny T. He's not a fish. He's a man. He's a and, and he hasn't changed his hair yet. And he doesn't have any entrance music again. Why are they just like? Come on, give him something. Give it's, him something. It blows my mind. Like it's it's just just send him home for a couple of months and think of something. At least shave the other part of his head. Yeah, let him sh- like because it's like I wear this as a reminder of what they did to me. And commentary's just like, yeah, he's getting laughed at in airports, yeah. and and it's like just shave it all off, John. That way, it, it, it's extra pain for you. What a fucking hero! Yeah. Like, hey, he gets kids laughing at him at airports. <laughs> He's challenging for the world title. What a fucking here? Give him just a haircut. He just looks like a bit of a bin. And I love John Tenter. 
a he bit just, of a bin. He just looks like a he just looks like a tip. And I don't want him to look like a tip. <laughs> I want him to have nice gear. Yeah. With maybe his name on him or something like that, rather than like these leggings that are <laughs> top tucked into them. But it's like you've, 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 you've let Bubba get like a cool leather duster and yeah. like he's got kind of a new look going on. And it's come on. Tenta looks like a tip. Can we not fix it? I know please? that he's part of like the old guard by this point, kinda, sort of. Yeah, but, but like, so was Greg Valentine. And so he was got, Valentine. And he, Valentine had good presentation. And he had a nice glittery coat. You're telling me there's nothing you can do with Tenta, just get him away from the dungeon? Seriously, do something yeah. with him. Uh, he's facing the giant tonight, the world champion. I can't quite decipher what Nash and Hall are saying at ringside. It looks as if Hall is saying, he's not bigger than me. <laughs> Which I think is what he was saying, yeah. but I, and I hope it really was. I just thought, why couldn't you have turned Tenta into like the mid-card giant and then had Tenta and Giant team up? The mini-boss. Just, yeah, like make him the mini-boss. That'd be great. Like you have to beat yeah. Tenta to get a shot at the giant. Yeah, you gotta get through him to get to yeah. And then like have them have a bus stop and then have a big match between them. Yeah, but instead we just kind of get the odd match between them like we have here tonight. Yeah. Now, Tenta lands some heavy blows on the giant, but he gets wiped out with a clothesline. He gets scoop slammed with ease. And then the cameras are panning ringside where security, I've noticed, is not just facing Hall and Nash, but other members of the crowd as well. Yeah. In case they're one just, of them is the third man. They're just sitting there like. In, in little folding chairs. <laughs> it's like, like a looking concert, out. isn't it? All of them, just itchy trigger fingers, just desperate for an excuse to shoot Hall or Nash. You eat that popcorn just a little bit too quick, young man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a bullet Sorry, can head. you shut the fuck up, mate? I'm trying to watch the wrestling here. <laughs> <laughs> chomp, chomp, chomp. Jesus Christ. Call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> uh, Giant controls most of this with Hall and Nash looking itchy. Nash a few times checks his watch. Hall looks a bit miffed. Yeah. I think they I think they were hoping they'd get kicked out of Nitro. And like, oh shit, we've got to sit here now. Oh. <laughs> I suppose the casino's not going anywhere. But it's going to be late by the time we he's, get in. He's realised he's parked on double yellows. Oh fuck, we're not going to be able to make it to Gargano's for ravioli yet. <laughs> Bollocks. I had a book in everything. I've got this guy who says he wants to ask me some wrestling questions. <laughs> I'll have to do another time. Uh, in the match, Tenta gets an opening. He dodges a corner splash, lands some punches. He lands a middle rope clothesline and a standing drop kick. Come on! Yeah, he gets a second win. Like, Giant has him lined up, like, dead to rights. Giant's going to shoulder charge him in the corner, drop him, and then it'll be choke slam, obviously. Uh, but the second Giant gets close, Tenta just lobs the boot up after taking nothing but abuse for the whole match. Mm. And then he just levels him. And it's like, this is John Tenta. This is what you should be doing with him. This is what this we This is need. it. Get rid of the fucking heart half and half hair just get this shit out of the way and give tent something good but Please. then but then they're not to be because taskmaster rocks up and chokes tenter on yeah. the rope in front of the referee who just goes he, he half-heartedly <laughs> shoes away taskmaster is it like a ref strike or something are they working to are they working to rule where <laughs> like they they're not going to get involved like oh, more than my job's worth to try and you know yeah, it's, you know, steal all those phones. It's more I'm not getting a chewing. I'm not getting a chewing. Just, just get out. Get the fuck out. I'll tell you before Christmas, I was walking home from here. You know, the Sainsbury's at the road from yeah. here. Um, I saw a taxi driver get out of his car and start fucking fighting with a kid in the street. Oh, that's class. They started proper going for each other. They rolled into the middle of the road. Yeah. And the security guard from Sainsbury's just stood there watching. Well, and I ended up, you know, you, you always sort of find out a bit about yourself when sort of the, yeah. the hackles get up. And I got in between them. I, I just jumped I was in, thinking. started stomping on this fucking kid. Fucking kicked him. <laughs> I ended up fucking splitting him up and going, lads, you're in the middle of the fucking road. One of you's going to die. <laughs> and then I let them 
fight on the yeah. pavement. <laughs> but, and I went out. So, and then eventually, because some one person jumped in, yeah. other people suddenly feel more inclined yeah. to get involved. I'm like, I just... It, it's not me showing off. It just felt like that was the right thing to do. Yeah. I couldn't just walk past as people were fighting in the middle of a busy road. You should have gone into Sainsbury's, bought a beer, just come out, sat down, and just <laughs> seen how long it took for them to, like, notice how fucking ridiculous they're being. If you were to just start going, go on, right in the face. No way. <laughs> Hit was, him with the finish. Hit that was my with- second plan. <laughs> If, if I couldn't split them up, I just I would have cracked a beer and watched. It slowly just turned to you, <laughs> teamed up. <laughs> I I we got to the, we got to the pavement, and I genuinely I think because I'm nearly forty, like yeah. I've been I've got this weird little dad chip that sometimes kicks in. Yeah, and I, I, I and I went. This isn't the way to conduct yourselves. For God's sake, it's nearly fucking Christmas. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> on the point of the the dad thing. I uh, I. I went, we had to get some like PVA glue to make some costumes for our um, Eurovision party. And the only place nearby that sold it at Steph's was this like just tiny little shop. Um, and the woman in the shop is now convinced that I have a, a child simply because of an awkward misunderstanding. <laughs> because it was, it was like, oh yeah, I need, um, I need some PVA glue. It was like, oh, what do you need it for? It's like, oh, we're making costumes for a Eurovision party. And she's like, oh God, yeah. Like, yeah. And basically she then just started talking as if I had a kid. And I kind of didn't hear her. And then I was like, yeah. And then she was like, just talking about how kids are. And then like, I was like, oh yeah, you know, just little nightmares, just glitter everywhere all over the house. Got back to Steph's, I was like, I think I'm a dad now. (laughs) We can never go in that shop again. (laughs) Because now all the bands will be, how are the kids? How are the kids doing? Oh, they're great. Oh no. (laughs) But to go back, but the dad chip aside, with the fight, I went over to the security guard and said, you know, you're all, you've got like padding and stuff. Did you yeah. not feel inclined to step in? He went, nah, it's more than my job's worth. If I do anything outside of the Sainsbury store, I'm yep. not covered. Yep. I'm like, oh, fair enough. That's the thing. Like a lot of a lot of people in situations like that, where it's like, why aren't they doing anything? It's like, because if they leave, then technically I guess they've abandoned their post. Mm. Um, and therefore, you know, anybody can do whatever. So it's it's weird how some of that stuff works. But I think that's what the refs uh, modus operandi was here. Just there were Probably. just jobs worth tonight. <laughs> uh, this does lead to a choke slam and a pin. The giant retaining the dub C dub title against but John. That's Tenter. not all. It's not all. It's been working wonders. So let's continue this Dungeon of Doom storyline, shall we? We shall. Uh, after the chokeslam, Big Bubba bursts into Immediately. existence. It's like he was under, under the ring or something. He's just there. It's just he's, like in. He's come out of a portal from Portal. Yeah. Just thunk. Uh, he leaves into the ring with shears and then removes half of John Center's beard. It sickened me that he didn't go <laughs> diagonally. Yeah, exactly. It, it would have been so much funnier if he'd gone like bald here, bald there, hair and hair and made it like checkerboard. But instead, it's just the same. I guess side. it's still funny as fuck. It, it's just one entire half of Tenter is now bald. <laughs> it's a storyline where basically two grown men slowly go to the hairdressers. Yeah. Uh, mean Gene catches up with Taskmaster, Big Bubba and quote Gene, the six foot four champion, the giant. That's really underselling the giant size. He's six four. What are you on about? He's not six four. He is. He's, He's six, seven four. something, isn't he? Tom, most adult men grow to be four foot three in their entire <laughs> life. The giant is six four. Imagine. No adult is over two foot. <laughs> it's all in their shoes. We just wear big shoes. No, they build giant. At, well, he was seven four initially, right? He was the same height as Andre. Yeah, because Gene said he was six four. I'm yeah. like, that's pretty. 
Xbox Six One. <laughs> Bubba sells us on the match with Tenta at Bash the Beach. They're having a silver dollar match. So you put in a bunch of coins in a sock and, and put it on beat a pole. the shit out of each other with it, whoever gets it first. Whoever gets it gets to batter each other with coins. Uh, also, and then a Giant runs down Tenta for turning his back on the dungeon, basically saying this is what happens to you. Uh, he says that Bubba's going to shave Tenta's entire body uh, after Bash, which Just means half. his cock and balls as well. <laughs> The back so, sack and crack match. Tenta is just getting a back sack and crack out of this, to be honest, for free. <laughs> well, 20 minutes of the pay-per-view spent with Bubba. Bubba's like, just really, really... He's just really trying to get, get the, the creases straight so that he can get into the grundle, just really in there in the gooch. Just, oh. <laughs> John, no, there's no wax. It's all, it's all shit stubble razor. Oh, just, gosh. <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> As, as Will you stay still? I'm going to cut as, your ass. As Tony fucking plugs the main event. <laughs> giant talks after Bubba. Uh, giant, okay, so Giant addresses the tag match that's happening at Bash the Beach. It's Giant and Taskmaster versus Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit. If Arn and Benoit win, yeah. they get a shot at the Giant's WCW title the following night on Nitro. So either Benoit or Anderson will face the Giant the following night. Uh, Giant says, you must, as you always say, never address a horse. Right. Isn't it never approach a horse from the rear? Yeah, that's why I I've thought. addressed horses before. Yeah, hello, horse. How are yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking well. <laughs> never sneak up on a horse. <laughs> never say boo to a horse. <laughs> Two horses in the hand are worth one in the box. <laughs> Too many horses spoil the broth. Uh, <laughs> too many horses, too many horses. <laughs> um, now, he goes on to say that the horsemen want the belt obs. He says they will arrive as four and they'll leave as four gullies. I rewound a few times to make sure he'd said gullies. He said gullies. Gullies? Gullies. Gullies. Um, now, there's multiple uh, definitions of gully. Um, a small valley or ravine originally worn away by running water, a serving little... as a drainway after a prolonged heavy rainfall. Uh, it's a little path as well, right? Uh, it can yeah, be like uh, down the side a, of a, a house. A path formed by water, like a gully. Oh, all right. Uh, it's also the position of a fielder in cricket between points and slips. No, they're all uh, getting into cricket then. Yeah, uh, a ditch or a gutter, probably what he means. It means I think I, I think what I gathered after rigorous research is oh, he's basically just going to stomp them into the ground and they'll just be four little dirt right. paths, oh. four gullies. Okay, okay, yeah. got there in the end. Uh, he screamed a bit more at the camera, and then that was the the giant done for the night. Thanks for coming. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, how did he tender in the world title mix? It's all right. We got a Ray Junior hype package immediately. We certainly do, but it's interrupted within oh, seconds. What now? Eric Bischoff brings us back to live action. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall have got microphones. Who Somehow the fuck gave them microphones. Hey, ring announcer, what's the time? Come over here. I can't hear you. Punch. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> Security is unable to slow both of them down, and they're just slagging off. Oh, this is where the big boys play, is it? Hey, yeah. You're all fucking shit. Uh, Sunderland's a massive club. It was when he's like, oh, look, Donny Osmond's back, as they get close to the ramp enough where they can see Bischoff at the desk. And then it sounds like Nash, when one of the security guards is trying to kind of hold him back, it sounds like Nash just kind of goes, get the fuck off. He does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> just like flicks his arm. Sting, Macho Man, and Luger turn up in their face paint, and Nash goes, Oh, look, the, there's the clowns. 
fucking buried WCW repeatedly. Just there's the clowns. There's the it's clowns. the clowns, everybody. Yeah, it's the clowns. And then out comes like Renegade. Out comes like a fair Bubba's few people. back out. Taskmaster's Sullivan's there. there yeah. the, the locker room empties and security guard pile in. They drag Nash and Hall away. Nash being dragged away shouting, Attica, Attica, <laughs> Attica. Do you know what this is in reference to? Uh, I, I, I should. No. <laughs> it's a topical one. The Attica prison riots of 1971. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> making comparison, making comparisons to the Attica uprising. Right. Is what he's doing there. Uh, it was. It took place at Attica prison uh, in Attica, New York. Uh, with uh, the highest number of fatalities in the history of a U.S. prison uprising. Fun. Uh, yes. All but one guard and three inmates were killed by law enforcement gunfire when the state retook control of the prison on the final day of said uprising. So that was the Attica shout, I believe. Uh, but then I'm probably going to get a message in saying, actually, I think you'll find, Tom, that the Maryland Dolphins signed Neil Attica that week, and <laughs> it's a reference to that. But I'm pretty sure it's to do with the Attica prison uprising. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, I will happily admit I was wrong. Um, mean Gene tells us that we're watching the number one wrestling. So we're backstage now. The National Hall are gone. Yeah. Mean Gene tells us we're watching the number one wrestling TV show in the world, and then introduces us to Jim Duggan, who says, "I've just been for a shit." Basically, <laughs> I've just been for a shit, and I was looking at the the grubby, shitty, piss covered floor of the the toilet, and I I saw this little thing. It's the ring. Oh, thank thank goodness. <laughs> I was looking down at the ground and I saw this shitty little thing. And then I saw DDP's Lord of the Ring ring. <laughs> it was in the loo all along. That's a spicy bacteria. A... <laughs> I was in the toilet thinking up, spicy think, thinking up new pizza recipes <laughs> when I looked down at the floor <laughs> and I see shit everywhere. <laughs> These wrestlers are like animals. <laughs> They're worse than livestock. <laughs> John Tender had a nervous tummy before his match. <laughs> He's made a mess, the poor bastard. It was like a paintball grenade going off. <laughs> and in the middle of it all is just the Lord of the Ring ring. <laughs> this, now, either... Right, okay. Because Duggan's being quite honest and going, I was in the loo and I just found it on the oh, floor. Oh, it's shit. So, <laughs> either... Either Paige has just dropped it, fine... Yeah. Which or, is, or, it's got to be that Paige has dropped it because he's, he's the exact type of person to lose it and go, who the fuck's stolen it? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the, yeah, because the only other option it could be would be somebody ate it and waited for it to pass. <laughs> Maybe that's Shit what gave Tender with a nervous tummy. Maybe Duggan had, yeah, Tender <laughs> with a nervous tummy the week before. Duggan just, the... oh, shiny. <laughs> Forgets he's eating it. <laughs> Because as we all know, Jim Duggan is one for just eating shit yeah, he finds on the floor. Stop it. It's pretty can't accurate. stop it. When he's not Jim Duggaroni pizza, he's just the devourer. <laughs> devourer. Uh, he says, look, he says, look, I'm an honest guy. Once I see DDP, I'll give it him back. And then DDP bursts in going, I knew thief. you fucking took it, you bastard. <laughs> You're a thief. He calls Duggan a thief, which Duggan takes great exception to, but still is, on, is true to his word. He goes to hand in the ring and then just drops it on the floor. DDP just like bends down and picks it up like and Duggan ass. pulls the tape out from his from it's probably been sitting around his penis like a cock ring. Yeah, uh, whaps it out and then tapes his fist super quick and then just lays DDP out. 
I think he should have taped it a bit quicker because DDP had to spend a little bit too long trying to pick the ring up because Duggan has to kind of get the tape out, wrap his fist dead quick, and then as he gets up, yeah. knocks him down for good measure. We will see you at Bash the Beach in a taped fist match for the Lord of the Ring ring, which Jim Duggan has said twice now, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want it. It's, I don't, want I don't it. like jewellery. I don't wear jewellery. I'm not having anything to do with it, but I'm going to wrestle for it. But I'll wrestle for it and I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> I just it was just for me, Mean Gene telling us that we're watching the number one wrestling show and then Duggan turns up and goes, I've just been for a shit. <laughs> just been for a shit. <laughs> it's sublime. Oh, it's sublime. So Eight man tag is your man of the evening. And this is the first time we've seen the horsemen together, I believe, since the eighties, right? It, it bloody well yeah. is, sir. Uh, and it's the the new and improved horsemen of Ric Flair. Arn Anderson, Chris Benoit, and Mongo McMichael, complete with ladies Deborah, woman, and Deborah McMichael. Um, Deborah twice. Oh, Elizabeth. <laughs> Deborah, the clone, woman, the clone Deborah of Deborah. <laughs> Dolly and Deborah were cloned this week. <laughs> <laughs> they hope to find some charisma in at least one of them. Uh, Bischoff tells us we have uniformed and non-uniformed security. Uh, around ringside because the war is getting ready to escalate on Sunday and the outsiders are around. When he said non-uniformed, I assume there'd just be some naked people walking around. The non-uniformed security had to bring in 50 pence that's all going to go to charity. <laughs> if, you forgot, <laughs> if you forgot your 50 pence, you can go fucking home and get your school uniform back on, right? <laughs> you imagine? Mwah! That's a phenomenal core memory. Mwah! Oh, good night. Oh. That's the win there. <laughs> Sam wins the podcast. Non-uniform day, man. Was the boy. <sighs> Love non-uniform. It was the best. Day. I fucking hated wearing a school uniform. I'm sure mine was always a pound. Yeah, we I think it was 50 pence in middle school. By the time we got to high school, it was a quid. I bet it's like a tenner now, isn't it? Yeah. Inflation. Plus, like, you know, I don't know, there'll be a tip. There'll be all sorts of mandatory stuff just yeah. thrown in there. And if you don't win, yeah. you know, you'll probably just What's the worst thing you've ever had to tip for? <sighs> worst I ever had to tip for. Um I tipped for, I tipped for a, a, a bad taxi journey once because I had an argument with the taxi driver mm. and then felt bad halfway through. What he really realised um, is, shit, my Uber rating's going to sink below a four. I'm not going to get any taxis. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I got in the taxi, right? Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, "Where are you going?" I said, oh, "I'll just pop into town." Yeah. And he, was, and he was just like, oh, it's not a big job, that. I said, yeah, sorry about that. And he went, you could probably walk it from here. And I had a shit day. Yeah. You could walk it from here, you know. I went, all right, I'll walk it. Stop the car, I'll get out. He went, what? <laughs> no, no, no. If, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm causing you a distress yeah. by being asked to be picked up by a driver, I'll get out and I'll walk. That's fine with me. No issue. I'm sorry to have bothered you. But no, mate, no, no, it's all right. It's all right. I'm just saying, like, you could probably walk it. Is it not? No, because I'm in a rush. That's why I asked. But if it's trouble for you, then I'll get out. You're talking your own industry into the grave. Yeah. <laughs> and to which he apologized. And then we had a nice reason chat about it. And immediately, any time I've thrown off the handle, I've immediately felt just overwhelming yeah. guilt about it. Uh, and you could tell it's something that I'm weird about because if you're watching on the Patreon, I folded my arms while Ooh. talking about it, which is a very defensive thing when I'm remembering it. But it was—it really annoyed me. Like I was just like, "Fuck's sake! Just don't yeah. tell me to walk when I've picked you up." <laughs> the worst thing I ever had to tip for was when me and Steph went to see Manic Street Preachers in LA. Uh, we went to the Palladium. It was amazing. It was, you know, got to see the Manics open and persuade, which is a very weird thing to say, mm. um, but. 
we went to get t-shirts because obviously it was like oh we've got to get a shirt because you know it's one of our favorite bands and we just looked into the gig we just happened upon it and it yeah. was like we've got to go um and then went up to the stand to get the shirts and it was all card only this last was like can i get two of the shirts she was like yeah she literally turns around grabs two shirts out of a box puts them down rings it up and then the only options to proceed, there was no back, there was no cancel. It was 5% tip, 10% tip, 15% tip. And I was like, for fucking grabbing me a shirt. So I clicked five. And then she just looked at me like I'd punched her kids. Oh, for I was God like, say. it's just like it's fucking $90 worth of t-shirt. You just <clears throat> grabbed it. Like, what? You, what? Oh. Fucking tip for that? The mandatory tip America's thing. wild for tips. But it, it's, it's like, and I get that a lot of people rely on it for, for their income and, you know, to, to keep the lights on. But for like, tipping at a merch table was like, I knew what the mm. fuck for me. That was like, whoa. But I, I also, yeah, I get the, like, a lot of, especially in America where yeah. it subsidizes the, the shitty income that people yeah. get and, and it's atrocious. But then I, I, I guess because over here where it has been mandatory, you, a tip is a reward for good service yeah. rather than an expectation for standard service. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. It's sort of, uh, you know, you, I'm the problem. You'll tip after a meal, but like you, it depends on the service as to whether you tip big or not. I take great pleasure yeah. if, I, if, I'd, if I've had brilliant service with somebody and I've had a lovely time mm. and someone's made it extra special. I take great pleasure in going, please. I can have, never, I can never remember like certain states as well where it's like, oh shit, have we got to tip more here or is it less? Like, what's mm. the fucking deal with it? And then you end up spending just a shitload of money in tips because it's like, ah, because uh, you don't want to leave like the minimum amount. You no. don't want to leave, and it's it's like oh, but yeah, tipping for t-shirts was one of the weirdest fucking things. Oh, can you top that? Let us know, <laughs> or don't. That's fine too. Uh, Bischoff tells us, as we say, uniformed and non-uniformed are ringside. Eight-man tag becomes a brawl immediately as Joe Gomez, Renegade, Rock and Roll Express, and all the Horsemen just rock and fight around the in the, in the ring. Yeah. Hor the, red the, the the baby faces get the get, come out on top in the opening bit. Yeah, horsemen kind of peel to the outside, regroup a little bit, have a bit of a chat, and then back to it. Teams reset, off and running. Benoit looks strong. Uh, in his exchanges. Flair, however, yeah. gets bounced around by Joe Gomez. Mm. Uh, Benoit tags back in and he takes over on Gomez, screaming, do you know who you're messing with? Mm -hmm. uh, big pop for Mongo's first bit of in-ring action, which immediately turns into booze. Uh, his offense is far from pretty, but I like his energy. Yeah. He gets an A for effort for yeah. me. Uh, he's not in there long, though. He tags to Flair, who quickly tags to Arn. A brief aloha on in the wild from Joe Gomez. On on gets in there, hits a spine buster, and Bischoff goes sidewalk slam. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> spine buster for dessert or a sidewalk slam if you're Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Benoit's in. Eric Bischoff calls Chris Benoit a human Vegematic, mm. which presumably is the same underground technology company that built the Savage Lander air missile <laughs> and the Lex Luger washing machine. Just put your veggies in there. <laughs> it just violently shakes a bit and out they come all chopped up nicely. He went very quiet on commentary after that, almost as if he'd said too much. <laughs> mm. He was replaced by a clone. <laughs> of Deborah. Uh, Bischoff says, with respect to veterans, Bash the Beach will make the Normandy invasion look tame. And then, and then quickly apologizes for it like three times. <laughs> yeah, fuck it out. I get that you're on the hyperbolic trail, but fucking bigger well, than it was Normandy. Only 50, it was only 50 years ago at this point. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. 
Hot tag to Renegade. He looks good. Nice run from Renegade. It, it annoys me that Renegade's still being presented in this way when it's like, hey, Renegade's got a really unique look. He might not be, you know, the best in ring talent or whatever, but like he's exciting enough to watch. Mm. Just cut the hair, give him a slightly different gimmick, give him different gear. Like, let's just stop the warrior stuff now. They've it's, eased it's, back on it. They've eased back bit. on it. He's not like wearing the tassels and shit, but mm. it, it's like... Just cut the hair, do something interesting with it. Yeah, make like, it. Because I think he could have had a bit more longevity if there was something else there for him, maybe. I don't know, you know. Uh, hot. So after that hot tag, Renegade runs well, and he plays a crucial part in the finish to this match, which goes as follows. <laughs> Renegade goes up top to leap onto Flair. Mongo is ringside with his Halliburton briefcase. And he remembers he's got to get up and use it in just a second. He's got to use it as a running tool. He, as Renegade jumps, Mongo can't reach him with the Halliburton. So Mongo throws the Halliburton towards goes, him. He goes through his legs. <laughs> and just lands in the ring. Misses. Oh, Renegade sells it in mid-air. Oh. Renegade sells it like it smashed him in the face. And the commentators go, whoa, he got hit with the briefcase. Briefcase came nowhere near him. It's, you can't help shit like that, can you? It's not well, something you, you can. can. You, no, don't, you don't give Mongo a complicated spot. It's not something that, you know, like shit like this happens all the time. Stuff just goes wrong. It's not mega important, right? It's not like it's a huge pay-per-view blow off. It's the first horseman match in a long time, which is mm. it's a bit annoying, but you know, it's funny more than anything. But it's just the visual of it just flying free into the ring, connecting <laughs> with nobody and then just flopping onto the floor. For it to then just continue on as was, <laughs> but act like and but let's just keep going as if it as if everything happened the way it was supposed I to. It. I uh, love it. Renegade gets put in a figure four for the stoppage win, and the Horsemen take the dub. Uh, Gene Oakland is chatting with them on the ramp. Mongo exclaims that this is his team now, and he'll do what it takes for this team to win at every mm -hmm. level. Benoit and Arn address the giant and the taskmaster with Benoit warning the giant the title is coming back where it belongs. Arn repeats what he said earlier. Heads were going to roll when they got back together and we should be keeping track of the body count. And then Ric Flair addresses Conan. Mm. Well, we had, he had like a half mention of Conan last week, which made us all yeah. go, eh? But it turns out he and Conan have got a match at Bash of the Beach with the US yeah. title. First time I'm hearing of it. Uh, but Flair addresses the, him and says he'll become once more the US champ at Bash of the Beach. Flair is assuring victory for all the horsemen involved. And the girls will be there. Deborah asks if me and Gene enjoyed the yacht last weekend. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're on about. He was on the yacht with Deborah. A uh, woman then strokes Gene in a suggestive manner. What a night it's been for me and Gene Oakland, you lucky bastard. Uh, back to Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan for the final thought. Big push for Bash the Beach. It's time to put up or shut up or go away for the outsiders. Heenan is desperate to know who the third man is. We'll know by Sunday. Fret not. But all of a sudden, there's a commotion backstage. Well, they're like, oh, it's going wild backstage. Oh, no. Oh, we need to. Oh, God. It's all kicking off. The, the outsiders are calmly escorted out of the building. Yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> they were led out of the building. <laughs> Into their Corvette, and they just drive off. Being a bit belligerent. Yeah. But otherwise, led out of the building. Nash and Hall offers to buy the police coffee and donuts. Uh, Nash is getting into the car, and the police have to hurry up, to which Nash says, I've got bad news. Knees. A horrifying future <laughs> echo from the man who's about who hasn't even begun to take over the wrestling company yet. They drive away with Nash throwing up the bullhorns to end Nitro. We'll see you on the beach, ladies and gentlemen. And that was Nitro, the go home.
for the biggest I'm wrestling so pay-per-view of the 90s. I'm so excited for next week. I can't oh. wait to watch this show. I'm buzzing. This I'm is the turning point for this podcast. It is. It really, it really is. I, I, for a bit. <laughs> For a bit, it's but a, then it, it gets it gets funny bad. That's the thing. Yeah, it, it, it's never we're kicking into gear. We're not going to get above, above second gear, but we're kicking into gear. We're going to list off gently until the clutch goes. It'll never be boring again. Yeah, let's put it that way. And you'll join us for the journey because next week it's a retro reaction to Bash at the Beach 1996. Woo! We will have beers and we will have pizza. I think we'll do it proper. Yeah, we'll we get. We'll, 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 yeah. You'll be able to join us with it. Provided your teeth are all right. I'll Provided my teeth are fine, yeah. Uh, which, which, if which not, are... we'll have to blend the pizza. It's not like I've not eaten blended food before, is it? So. <laughs> blend a pizza with us next week as, we as long watch. as there's no chunks, I reckon it's all right. That Mackey's was like tolerable, it just tasted like Big Mac sauce. But it was when you got to a chunk or like a completely unblended whole pickle just floating through it. It was like, <laughs> but yeah, time to stick this episode of Nitro, the classic Nitro review in the blender. He is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. And I'm going to go get my teeth yanked out. See you in a bit. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.